Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. There you'll see resources to help kids learn more about Jesus, discussion guides for this talk, as well as ways our Brave Compassion team is responding to needs in this season. To catch the full Brave release, including worship and other updates, check out this talk on YouTube. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus. Hey, Brave Church. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know about you, but as I sat around the table with family, I felt extra thankful this year. I mean, it just feels like this year has taken so much from us in terms of connection and, and being with loved ones. It's just made these moments that we have together feel so much more special. Um, sitting there, I felt thankful for the food on our table like never before. I felt thankful for the people that I love, and I felt thankful for all the ways that God ha has blessed our family, has blessed uh, our lives, has blessed our church during what's been such a difficult time. And so, hey, before we continue, I want to pause for a moment and pray a prayer of thankfulness and really just honor God for all that we have to be thankful for. Um, there's a Psalm, Psalm 106, that, that just puts it into perspective so well. It says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. So let's begin with a, with a word of prayer. God, I just thank you so much um, that you are good uh, even when everything around us is uncertain and at times where maybe we've even felt lonely, we know that you've been with us. You've been right there. And so God, we thank you for your love and we thank you that it will endure forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, well, today we're in week three of our annual vision series. This year's vision is called City on a Hill. And if you missed the last two talks, I just want to encourage you to go back and check those out because uh, this is one of the most important series that we do every year as a church. Uh, we take several weeks and we look at what God's done. We dream about the future, but we also are reminded of why we're here. See, at the core, what a vision series does is it answers the question, why does Brave Church exist? What does it mean to be a part of this church family? And so we're going to go to our core passage in Matthew 5, uh, starting in verse 14, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and really to the church. And he gives us a vision. He gives us a picture describing a city on a hill. Look at what Jesus says. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Um, this is a picture of a church that is a city on a hill. And that's a beautiful image of what we are. You know, last week, Pastor Darren taught on our house. And today, we're gonna look at the second part of the vision, which is our valley. And then next week we'll look at our future. But why does our valley matter? 
Um, I've lived in three places over the years that have had valleys, the Conejo Valley in Southern California, uh, the Tri-Valley right off the 580, and the San Ramon Valley where Braves Campus is located. And so why do valleys matter? Well, valleys don't really get a lot of hype. Have you noticed? I mean, it's usually big cities that get all the attention. You know, those are the names that, that we recognize that, that have sporting teams and merch. And, you know, it's the big cities where you've got the flagship location, right? And so they get all the hype. But, you know, God actually cares about all cities, not just the big ones, not even, uh, not, he doesn't care about the suburbs more than the urban cities. He doesn't care more about the valleys than he does the beach cities, okay? He cares about all cities. And so whether cities are, are in a valley or a specific region or, or it's one big city, they all matter to God. Why? Because people matter to God. The San Ramon and the Tri-Valley make up a lot of people. And if God cares about cities, we should be a church that serves our valley. We should be a church that serves the cities that we live in. We should love where we live and not just love it in the sense of, wow, it's so beautiful or what a great place or, you know, they've got all these awesome schools and, you know, there's a lot to love, right? But actually we should actively love the city. We should love the people. We should do loving things where we live. So today I wanna answer two questions, okay? Why do cities matter to God? And how can we love where we live? Why do cities matter to God? And how can we love where we live? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. God plants churches to love cities. He plants churches to love cities. This is why Brave Church exists, to love our city, to love our city to Jesus. About 6% of our region follows Jesus. Uh, we are a religious minority. It's actually not easy to live here and say, I'm a Christian. But studies have found that when 6% moves to 10% or greater, it's a tipping point. It changes the climate. Uh, we wanna help people in the East Bay find and follow Jesus. We wanna be part of a culture shift in a region known for being anti-Christian. But where does that change begin? Have you noticed that most of the Bible is about how God wants his people to live on earth? I mean, think about it, this book, tells us so much more about how to live on earth than it does about how we'll live in heaven. Think of the most famous biblical characters, Abraham, Noah, David, Nehemiah, Esther, Ruth, Mary, or, or Paul. What do we know about their yes to heaven? Um, we, we know nothing about how they said yes to heaven. What we know is that they said yes to Yahweh and God's work here on earth. They said yes to loving what God had called them to, to loving where they live. See, maybe when we say we're sharing our testimony, we shouldn't start with how we said yes to heaven, but how we said yes to God's work here on earth or what Jesus asks of us. Because Jesus, you know, Jesus asks us to put our faith in him. Yes, he asks us to trust him with our eternity, but he also asks us to do some stuff with our lives here and now that actually really, really matters. Because you can live your whole life with a yes to heaven and still miss out on the yes to what Jesus asks of you in this lifetime. There's a story in Genesis about Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham, which means father of nations. And in this story, what we find is kind of an origin story of why God cares so much about cities and how we're supposed to love them. 
Um, Our story begins in Genesis 11, starting in verse 30. If you want to go there, you can follow along. We're going to be hanging out in Genesis 11 today. Uh, But it starts in verse 30. Let's read these first few verses. It says, Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur to the child of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. And when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. When we first hear of Abram, he is in Haran, not Ur. Abram's father, Terah, had a vision and a desire to go to the promised land, a land that God had promised to his people, a land of blessing and prosperity, a city on a hill. So he set out for this promised land that was at the time in the land of Canaan, but he ended up settling in Haran. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us why Terah stopped moving, why he never made it to Canaan. We know he lived, he didn't make it to Canaan, and then he died. Now, I don't know for sure why the story of Abram starts here with his father's death, but I know something about people's stories. See, when you ask people to tell you their story, when you hear their defining moments, there's usually at some point in their story, a loss of something, a significant loss, whether it was a loved one, the loss of an ability or something that was really important to them. Abram's story begins with significant loss. He's lost his dad. Now, he's in a foreign city, and he's wondering, what do I do? Do I go back to where we came from? Do I stay here? I'm a man without a father, without a home, and without children. So why did Abram leave Ur? Flash forward to Hebrews. Uh, Many years later, we find the answer. In Hebrews 11.10, it says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abram, you know, he's standing, picture this, he's standing over his father's casket with a big decision to make. Do I go back to what I know? Or do I stay here where I'm comfortable? Or do I move forward into the unknown? There there was something that he felt from within that was pulling him forward. It was more than a hunch. It was a sense of calling that there must be a city with a foundation from God a city that has God at the heart of it, where heaven invades earth. Abram had a vision of a city on a hill. It's a a totally different city altogether from the city which he came from. It's a totally different city than all the other cities of the land because the, uh, the architect is God. See, the archetype of the city of man is an infamous city. Scriptures refer to it as the the city of Babel. You know, maybe you've heard the the famous story of the Tower of Babel. Okay, that's the archetype of what man tries to build. In Genesis 11, look at verse four. It says, uh, it describes this city. And it says, they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the earth. See, when we, when we look at that city, we think about that. See, that's what Abram wasn't looking for, okay? So we look at that city and then we think about, okay, but what was he looking for? This city of God, this city on a hill. Let's contrast these two for a moment. See, the city of man is built on pride. It prides itself in human achievement, in making a name for themselves. Um, they don't wanna be scattered. You know, Genesis one twenty eight. 
We've got the, the, the mandate to go and to be fruitful and to multiply and to cover the earth and they wanna keep everyone together. And, and ultimately, this is a city that has no place for God. Whereas a city on a hill is, is a capital constructed not to the honor of man, but to the glory of God. A place where every child has a parent Every immigrant has a home. Every ethnicity has equity and the elderly are valued and the vulnerable have an advocate because God is its builder. So Abram decides to move forward. And after he does, God speaks to him and he receives something, uh, one of the greatest promises ever given to any person in the Bible. This is it's this incredible promise that was only given to Abraham. Let's take a look. It's in, in chapter 12. Look at what God says to Abram. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. These promises set the course for the nation of Israel. They tell of the coming Messiah. They make a way for you and I to come to faith, saying this isn't just about God for the Jews. This is a God for the world who created all of us and loves us equally. See, a city of man builds a name for themselves. A city on a hill glorifies the name of God. It's known by its good deeds and they point people to Jesus. So how do we know God loves cities? Well, God calls people to cities for a purpose. God blesses people through cities. And God plants churches in cities to reach people. I love what Acts 17, 26 says. It says, from one man, Adam, he made every nation of people that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Then in Jeremiah 29, 7, it says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find welfare. The welfare of God's people and the health of the city is connected. When our valley is healthy and everyone's winning, God's people are winning. This is God's point of view. And, and Jesus is magnified through our compassion. So brave, how are we going to love where we live? How are we gonna love our city? This is our responsibility. We know we're winning when our cities are flourishing. So how are we gonna do it? Uh, our valley is this next part of our vision. You know, in, in, in our core passage for this scripture, it, it talks about letting our good deeds shine out for all to see that those are going to point people to the Father. So this is really important. Uh, meeting the needs of our community in the name of Jesus is good work. And there are so many ways to be part of this vision. Now I'm gonna go over some of the ways that we're organized to do that as a church in ways that you can contribute. But I also think it's very important for you to know that, that this isn't just a group vision, okay? It's important when we think about our city that we all ask God, how can I serve? That we all ask God, how can I love my neighbors? How, can I, how am I positioned to do something loving for my city? Uh, but people in our church already volunteer 
at local nonprofits. They're on school boards, city boards. They're teaching in classrooms. There are so many ways that people are doing so much good work right now in our city. And, and I, if you're one of those people and you're in, you know, you're making a difference right now, uh, we applaud you. And we're just so proud uh, that you're doing that work already. One of the ways that we're serving our community now is through Brave Compassion. Um, we've always responded to the needs of our community, but we weren't organized for it like we are now. Uh, we didn't have a designated fund that people could give to that ensured the needs of our church are going to be met. And so far this year, we've been able to meet every need that's come in from helping people who were displaced get back on their feet and find work, uh, helping single moms, helping with rent, providing groceries and free counseling. Scripture says that we are to meet the needs of the household of faith first. And that's what Brave Compassion does. It ensures that we have resources set aside so that people in our church that are in need can be met with love. And it's not limited to people in our church. In fact, many of the people that we've been able to help during this time weren't members of our church, but it's always important to be ready to meet the needs and to take care of one another. You know, Jesus said, by this, Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so that's our responsibility. Another great way to care for the welfare of our cities is partnering with CityServe. Uh, this year, CityServe uh, is going to be hiring a volunteer coordinator specifically to work with churches to coordinate volunteer efforts. This is amazing. You can get involved. This isn't just an opportunity to give and to resource, but it's also an opportunity to serve and to jump in. And so they've, they've, just to give you an idea of what they do, they've helped prevent hundreds of families in the past few months from becoming homeless in our valley. This is Livermore, Dublin, Pleasanton, San Ramon. Um, in September alone, there were over 300 care calls and over half of those required intervention. They needed, something needed to be done to help the people that were calling in. 126 households received rental assistance totaling over $300,000. And so this is a really important organization. I just want to emphasize that uh, they're really doing the work of meeting needs in a really powerful way. We can do everything we can when needs come to us, but we can also go out into the cities, right? We can go out and, and look for needs and meet them. And that's when we really see the flourishing start to happen. By the way, CityServe was founded by a church and now lots of local churches and government is partnering together, which is really cool. If you're passionate about helping those in need, and you feel led to get involved, just go to our vision page. Go to brave.church forward slash vision, and you can learn more about CityServe and even the other organizations I'm going to tell you about. You can click on the link to go to their website and get connected. Another organization that our valley needs in order to flourish that we're going to partner with is Next Step. Uh, their mission is to be widely known and embraced by our community as the center of hope and healing for women facing critical life choices. Uh, for far too long, Christians have been known for arguing about when life begins. And we think the better question is when does motherhood begin? And what are we doing to support and empower women to make healthy life choices? Um, next step is based in Pleasanton, but it serves our region as a light for women who find themselves in a foggy and dark place. People from Brave already volunteer with Next Step. And so this is another great 
serving opportunity. Another organization that we plan to continue partnering with is New Day for Children. Uh, We talked about them a lot uh, a few weeks ago. If you missed the 2020 recap, you can can go back and watch that. Uh, But in short, they rescue children caught in sex trafficking in Oakland, right in our backyard. And we've been supporting them for years and we're gonna continue supporting them. They are literally rescuing girls every single year and then helping rehabilitate them. Um, The last one, and you'll actually hear more about this organization next week uh, as we talk about our future, but it's Teen Esteem. Uh, I just wanna mention them now because they help youth and families in our valley that are in some critical, facing some critical challenges. And so they're another tangible way that we can really make a difference and and be a light. Uh, Brave Church, we know that we're winning when our cities are flourishing. And this is motivated by compassion, but also a heart to see people find Jesus. Last month, we did a two-part series on revival. And that's, that's our greatest desire. We wanna see this valley awakened to the reality of Jesus. Habakkuk, the prophet, he said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Oh Lord, renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. Lord, send revival in our time, in our day, in our home, in our cities, in our valleys. Let it be here. Let this truth go beyond our heads and our hearts and into our hands. Hebrews eleven, sixteen. it says, instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. See, one day we will live in a perfect city, a heavenly city. But until that day comes, we have work to do here on earth. There is stuff that God has called each and every one of us to do in our community, that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. We opened talking about why cities matter to God. We looked at an origin story, of Abram in search of a city with God at its foundations. But have you ever wondered, why did God pick Abram? Of all the people on earth, why did God pick Abram to receive the greatest list of promises one could ever be given? Was he just super lucky? You know, was it like hitting the jackpot or or was there more to the story? What did God see in Abram that made him the right vessel for this blessing? Abram, had faith. He was willing to move forward and leave behind where he was comfortable and what he knew uh, for something different, for something more, to go to the place that God was leading him. Every single one of us has an opportunity to respond to this vision of a city on a hill. Every single one of us has a call to respond in faith. Like Abram, God is calling us He's calling us to move beyond receiving and to start giving our lives away. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church Podcast. If this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or to get connected, please visit brave.church. We'll see you next week.